0: Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode.
1: Kat came in and said to me uh, that uh, that she was she was she was heading out, and I heard her put her bags in the car. And then about fifteen minutes later, I heard somebody in in the lounge, and I was like literally somebody's got in my house so I jumped up and went diving through expecting to see an intruder and it was my wife who hadn't gone to work yet at which point I, I, I was because of the shape of the hallway the gap between the two doors I was very very much in her face as I went through this door um, <laughs> thinking I was gonna in, find an intruder uh, at which point like, she, she just screamed uh, because I made her jump out of her skin, I just, <laughs> but I was on—I was in full mode, thinking I was going to find somebody that the door hadn't quite shut and somebody had tried to look and come in or something. Uh, reflective of the area that I live in, that that's a consideration. But um, it's uh, yeah, so I—I did—I I did, I did literally—I I scared my wife hot to death. Um, I, I, I like the thought. that was actually an intruder.
0: <laughs> I like the thought that you are sort of outside the door of your, your living room with some kind of implement that's gonna gonna, you know you're standing there like jack bauer instead of a gun you've got like i don't know a banana or something and you're going to try and do as much damage with that and you're sort of standing there in that kind of thing that the action heroes do where they and then they turn around the corner really quick dive through the door and uh and yes and it was it was cat so that was uh
1: yeah Yeah, I'm sure that many people have had similar situations if you think that somebody's left your house. I think the the other one that's really got me is hearing bumps in the night and wondering what on earth is going on and like real kind of like a rattle on uh, a couple of things on our landing, especially like the baby gate and things. Uh, And actually finding out that my son sleepwalks. Ah. Um, And so like he will just like repeatedly just bump into the stair gate. Although funny thing, we once had a lodger and uh, he's actually done some contribution for us here at Thinking Church, um, but he's also not that tall. And one night when I'd put the brand new stair gate in and locked it, he woke us up in the middle of the night because he couldn't open it because you know baby gates are a, yeah. there's a, there's, a, there's a knack to doing it, uh, but he also couldn't he also couldn't straddle it to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I think that a baby gate
0: is the the best sort of anti-burglar deterrent because, firstly, it makes a lot of noise. Secondly, it is almost yeah. impossible to open. And and thirdly, if it's oh, on the stairs... Unless
1: you're basically a parent with a baby in your arms, at which point you can do it in the dark, blindfolded, carrying, you know, a 10-pound weight on one side with one hand. It's like, but then anybody else totally, you know, with nothing going on, still can't yeah. do it.
0: But you have to know the knack of your own baby gate all different baby gates are different so you can't you know just because you can work one baby gate doesn't mean you'll be able to work someone else's i go if i go to a friend's house obviously pre-covid and all that jazz um i i couldn't open their baby gate because i have no idea how it works even you know the squeezing function or is it a pull function and it's it's always different and I think yeah. for that reason yeah, alone, wh-
1: why why are there no two the same? Why has nobody standardised the latch on a baby gate? I think it's because it's you know it's burglar proof. Surely that's it. So it's like I don't need my six point British standard uh, lock on my double glazed front door. Actually, if I just replaced it with a couple of baby gates, all, all intruders would be thwarted. I think that they'd walk up and they go, oh, "I can't be bothered." No. But so then, I was going to say right, like, you say that isn't I think and I, I'm going to go back to what this is there is a really weird statistic that if you do have a front gate to your property kind of mm-hmm. like you know be, you know if you if you if you have got a front garden and then you've got a, a gate out to the path that yeah. if that gate is shut that that deters like over 90 percent of people who could potentially be intruders because of squeaky like gates, because they, they, they are always looking. No, but they're always looking for the path of least resistance. So it's open gates and more opportunistic. And so the thing is, it's that actually, if it poses any level of effort, it's it's deterrent at all.
0: Yes. Well, there we are. There we are. So, path of least resistance uh, for burglars. Um, I've you know, if you're a burglar, please stop burgling. Also, thanks for yes. listening to the, the podcast. You know, <laughs> hand yourself in and um and do the decent thing and uh you know stop doing it i think that's what we want to say so there we are that's our thinking yeah. church burglar awareness
1: program anyway I, we should probably get on with the uh the, the show yeah today. we should we should probably do something that we're meant to be doing chris i mean let, let's face it we we could talk about these things just forever and a day yes we can
0: yes um but that's okay i don't mind that that's i think that's that's kind of part of the the joy and the fun of it all, and I, I, I like that. Well, today we're going to be talking about um, moving from Christmas to Easter, and uh, we are in this wonderful intermediary part. and And Easter is early this year; it's the fourth of April. I've had to look this up already. Fourth of April is Easter, so it's quite an early oh. one.
1: Sunday the fourth. Right, and right. So if we do some phased return of schools going back in March, they'll go straight into a holiday.
0: I think that's I think the the now the thing is it will be post <clears throat> uh post Easter but we'll get to that because I think what this gives us a great opportunity to think, okay, if we're thinking about how we ran an Easter program event, whatever, then what are we gonna do at Easter? I think this is a brilliant question to start thinking about okay the the Christmas one we were all trying things and working out what worked for us so yeah and we're going to talk about complexity and what that what that means and easter we should know a bit more so i think that when we come to easter the planning is different from the planning for for christmas not just because it's different programs which of course it is but we we've got more knowledge at easter than we did at christmas and I think that's going to be the really key thing that's going to help us. We are not in an unknown territory. This, The Christmas we just had was the first Christmas where it was during lockdown. And we might have had some things before lockdown, but we've never done the major event thing that have come out. And yeah. so now we're going into another major event season of Easter and it helps us. Having already done Christmas, moving forward. So, what we're going to talk about is complexity and when something is com- complex, when something is complicated. Um, so, let's let's dive into it. I think let's let's have a look at it. Yeah. So, I
1: I think I think along with that is that it, you might go with Easter. Easter's early. Like you you are right. I hadn't quite clocked how early that actually was. Um, which is also now making me think about things like Mother's Day and all the other stuff that's going to come up. But it's. Uh, that that the element of it is, it seems almost like we've left it too late to plan because we would normally have a much bigger lead time into doing something that major. Mm-hmm. But we've all left so much because we weren't sure what Christmas was going to look like. We were all hopeful that Easter would be. You know, I think we'd even been promised that you know things would be right by Easter. But now now it's not. So actually, we've got shortened planning timeframes again. And I, I think we. I, I'd like to pick up on that with you in a bit that the shortened planning cycle actually that we're sprinting through some of these things actually can work to our advantage on occasion and this is one yeah. of them and also just to throw out there because you 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 were you were relentless in my curmudgeonly uh behavior towards being a Grinch at Christmas uh actually I love Easter oh yeah i i love easter easter is is basically compared to a lot of people easter is my christmas i think in terms of my approach to it and uh how, how we would set things up so i i love this
0: I love I love Easter as well, and in fact, Easter is my favourite time of the year because I can never in my lifetime I still cannot remember an Easter that wasn't sunny. I know I live in the sort of south of England, but I always have a sunny Easter, and it always feels like you know, like the you know the blossom is coming on the trees again, and everything's starting to get brighter, and you know you've gone through all the winter months, and you feel like this sense of hope comes. Also, you know celebrating the 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 death and resurrection of jesus is a big thing and in fact you know in church life that hand is we are people of the resurrection so we are people who every sunday should be a, an easter sunday but at easter you know you have that extra special party about it um and i love that and it just i think it's the you know it is the most focusing part of the the christmas not christmas the christian calendar because it is because that is essentially what we're all about we're all about uh the resurrection of jesus and 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 proclaiming that so it's it's got it's great from a a weather point of view but it's also more it's more great um from a uh yeah from from a faith point of view absolutely so i love i love easter as well and it's kind of a bit less hype than than
1: i'm i'm pretty sure this just shows maybe either an age difference or the fact you live in a very different area because i'm certain i can remember snow at easter
0: no, I've got no memory of that. I think global warming has, uh, or climate change has done its effects so that we actually have a, a delightful Easter. Um, or maybe it's just because, I don't know, the, does the Gulf Stream hit Gloucester more than it does at Southampton? I have no idea.
1: Yeah, you're making, you're making it sound like it's uh, uh, tropical. I, I, wouldn't, I would not go that far. <laughs> no, no, that's very true.
0: That's very true. So let's talk about um, complexity um, because Christmas was c- a complex time. And we, a, uh, a framework we have discussed on many occasions on the podcast is uh, is the Kenevan framework. And it's very, very useful for what are you going to do. And uh, when it's com- in complexity, you have three stages of what you should do. So number one is probe, which is explore the options. So you explore the options first, then you sense, which is assess the facts. And then you respond, which is formulate a response based upon established practice and i think that was probably the best way to approach christmas this year was that we yeah. we start by looking at those two things lee do you want to talk to those things
1: yeah and you know and if there is anybody listening who kind of understands or utilizes things like in, in a more uh robust manner we are aware that we are oversimplifying this process for for, for this context um but look that that domain is is that We, with permission to experiment, that we were kind of like probing, looking for the options. That's the bit. We were setting up what may or may not work. We were establishing some new things, maybe doing things that we'd never done before. And based on feedback on what we were pushing and talking about was when we began to sense, as opposed to if this was in a more complicated environment, we would maybe sense first and then we because the you know there's some things that are already stable so this was about like we saw some great experimentation from churches up and down the country yeah. exploring new ways to do things taking things online some brilliant adaptations of doing things with nativity and christmas programming and being and and outreaching with what they were doing especially as we approached the lockdowns and things changed and kind of people felt a bit hopeless. That this actually was a great time to do it and trial it, but also the commitment was. I don't know. Do you think people kind of felt a bit more free to do that in that? If this isn't like this next year, that we've we've lost nothing by trying it. I'm wondering if some of the fear around it was also removed, that people felt more able to try. And And for me, it'd be like, how do we catch that? How do we remain in that place where we are willing to experiment and take feedback well on what we're doing and then you know formulate based on how that's fed back how we cement that response and you know formulate it into something more concrete uh but also with a bit more of a actually a view to continuously improve it that every time we do it we will listen and take feedback and iterate and improve time upon time with a a sense of renewal at each stage and maybe that's it maybe in terms of church events Christmas and Easter in terms of how we run an event as a church in this thing are no different we're actually Easter is going to be an iteration of what we did at Christmas and that's why it's moving from being a complex thing to more just complicated maybe 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 for some this actually moves even into a more simple territory but like I, I you know that's the kind of trajectory I think that we're on here.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that um, I think that the creativity was higher this Christmas because it was a the situation was, well, we're in a brand new one. Let's just try something. And, you know, we look, you know, look at the the options. And I, I did this with my church. We, we, you know, when we were planning Christmas, we we're thinking, OK, what what options have we got available? And then, so we went, okay, let's have a look at these, you know, we've got these different ideas. Then we looked at the the facts, which was, you know, what's what's lockdown going to be like? Okay, now we know that it's going to be pretty much, it was pretty much, it was lockdown by that point, wasn't it? So it, we know it will be lockdown, so we can't do a an in-person service. So we'll do it this way. I can't remember. No, we did. We did do an in-person service. There was in person. It was January that it started, wasn't it? Um, so we could assess the facts and then we responded and created a plan on it. And I think now what you, what we've realized is, okay, if the situation is the same as that, we know that we could do the same thing and it would work and we could just look at to improve on that. So then that goes into the complicated area. So you go, okay, let's first off assess the facts. Is it the same or is it not? Okay. It's mostly the same. Therefore, what we can do is have a look at the options available to us. It was that last option, the right option. Yep. Would we do something like that again? And then you can respond. And I like that, that the learnings of Christmas really flow into what you do for Easter. And it, it moves from complex now to complicated. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel each time. I that, I think that's what's going to be really important for Easter this year. Yeah, Just work I, on what's already worked at Christmas. I,
1: exactly. But I, I think, you know, the other thing is, is when we started off at Christmas, uh, we almost had this, we had this feeling because of what had been mentioned in the news that we'd kind of like, you know, be returning to normal by Easter. That was the general view and what people were really hoping for and pinning things on. Don't let up though, as a team, as a church, on what you need to do post anything is a period where you're actually able to reflect and dissect what happened and document what you learned. Because even if Easter was going to be a total, like, you know, in-person, huge gathering, you know, could have been back to normal, there was still enormous value in not approaching it the same way and in actually being able to appropriately reflect on what had happened. And you absolutely need to be documenting what worked and why it worked, because it can still influence what you do going forward but as we've mentioned a couple of the previous podcasts we are going to be dealing with uh the ongoing consequence of changed behavior even if um, restrictions are totally lifted you've still got changed behavior patterns in how people want to approach church and gathering so there is there is such a power at being able to reflect appropriately. And I don't mean that kind of like, you know, the content contemplative aspect of reflection, like we would say more in a prayerful meditative sense. I'm on about, are you genuinely critiquing what happened and and doing proper listening and documenting learnings to come up with the principles of what worked that you can apply them to all future things. And that way you end up with these processes that are, you know not not tied to the to the outcome you are you remain agnostic of how they're applied but you're looking for what worked well within the people and the teams and how you delivered it um and so i think that's that's an important thing there is don't don't let go some of these things uh what we're gathering and what we're learning and the data that's coming out of how we're responding to covid to restrictions and to doing these things needs to be captured
0: question i've got from this if let's say christmas was complexity easter is complicated but we're all in the because we're all in the same zone once we hit after Hmm. easter let's say lockdown is over are we then thrust because we're in a new world are we then thrust back into complexity again or the the learnings that we've got from lockdown will flow straight into it or that new world of of the, the difference where lockdown has ended or you know um covid has ended you know the vaccine has arrived that new world that we'll enter into will that throw us into a whole new complicated once more um i know this isn't really to do with christmas and easter but i think it's worth thinking about at this time when we're thinking about complexity and, and complication
1: uh, the thing is yes but it could be different for different people i think that's the other side of this is that it, it might be for some but not for others you need to actually have an understanding of kind of like where you're at and be situationally aware of of what's going on for you because some people will um face this differently to others depending on their locality, their context. You know, this in a city environment compared to a rural environment could be very different. Um compared to, you know, some of those that have um, I've even seen the launch of just a totally online church recently. Like they'll be approaching this very very differently. So I, I think it's like you you just need to know where you're at. But actually, at any point, you could be handling things that are unknown and new territory. So it's like, you know, what 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 have you got to go on to be able to proceed in that and make good decisions is actually that proper understanding of, of where you're at, but also that you can't just copy what somebody else has done. And we're seeing a bit that when this first all kicked off, like last early last year, and we went into these early lockdowns, it was a very level playing field and you couldn't really copy anybody. Yeah. Because everybody was at a point where Sunday's coming and, you know, some people would have waited to see what others did. And some people are members of larger organisations and denominations. And there was kind of a corporate uh, uh, way of dealing with it that was kind of like fed out. But actually most people were, we need to do something now, off we go so it leveled it but now that we're into it we're back to that people waiting and seeing and looking at what other people are doing i'm just going to encourage you don't don't lose that opportunity to be uh change in action which is like the kind of like the innovative approach mm. and do stuff that suits you and fits where you're at and stop waiting for other people be you like you you are unique and God's got a unique calling and we talk about this uniqueness. Actually, if you're feeling something, it doesn't need other people to be doing it for it to be right and to meet the need where you are. Like, try it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really, really helpful. Um, OK, let's get into the, the weeds of some of what it means to be planning something that's more complicated than than complex. And we talked about these three areas. So Assessing the facts, uh, investigating the options available and formulating a response based on established practice. So let's get into assessing the facts. Um, if we're planning Easter, what are the facts that we need to assess?
1: Uh, have we have we got the ability to gather are, you know what restrictions do we face? What does it mean where we are locally? And uh, you know, when do we make that call by? Because we're gonna have to get invites out somehow. You know, there's those those kind of facts. Um what what things constitute an Easter service? Mm-hmm. What what are we doing? Um are, are we doing, are we trying to it's the are we doing um individual items? So this is the other one, isn't it? It's like you know, we talk about Easter and you know, when you're in the when you're kind of in internal to this you go yeah there's the good friday service there's something in the evening we do something on a sunday and off we go but where's the guest element like what's the bit what's the invitational piece what's the what's the follow-up what's the call that we're putting into so we've we've got those you know what's required and what have we got to roll out from, and what worked at Christmas that we can that we can bring forward, and then start looking at the ordering and the technical and those elements of of the facts. Although I, I'm moving slightly into analysis there as well. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know what, what? What do you what do you think Carl, on on that?
0: Yeah, I think with the when you're assessing the facts, I think stick with stick with stick with facts. I know mean, that's really that's really obvious, isn't it? It's like Captain Obvious. Um, but stick so look at here's the guidelines because that's you've got to start with with those things yeah, so he, here's what we know the guidelines guidelines are and what they're expected to be at easter And then look at some of the facts in terms of within your own church. So um, let's have a look at how, you know, maybe look at some of your statistics for Christmas services, how well they performed, um, you know, click rates and watch times. Those kind of things are going to be really, really helpful because that's just assessing the the facts. And um, it's going to help you just know, okay this is where we are working with. This is this is what happened before stick with the facts i think the next phase is going that next level which is assessing investigating the options lee come in with on on assessing the facts just
1: got a thought right so we've we've talked we've talked previously about you know general church programming you know don't live for live yes that people watch things in a more um less time restricted manner so your are you know your sunday service and things like that what what do you think is happening with major events like Christmas Day and like Easter Sunday? Are they actually more about the moment? Or do you still have the, you know, don't live for live, yeah, you can have it pre-recorded. Do you think there's more people wanting to attend it at the moment, even though it might not be live and you could use pre-recorded elements? Mm-hmm. Are more people attending at the moment or watching that time shifted? Is there, you know, I I just 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 sprang to mind that on that, you know, like a a Christmas service feels a little bit like, you know, how some people feel about the Queen's speech. Like it happens at one moment. You're not probably catching up on that on iPlayer a week later. Like, you know, some some may, but actually it it almost has its moment. I'm wondering if the Christmas Day service or, um, you know, they're very much about the time that they happen in even though they're often pre-recorded like the queen's speech but um is that the same for for sunday uh easter sunday i wonder whether there's an, an element of actually you will see peak numbers at a set time from visitors because of how they view it as opposed to watching that time shifted you know a couple of days later like they might do with your normal sunday content
0: yeah, I think that's a, that's a really interesting one. I think some of it links into what the event is. I think Christmas has has very much more of a moment, I think more than Easter. I think because Christmas, I'm trying to think how I feel at, around Christmas. And I know that by the time I hit the 28th of December, I don't want to even think about Christmas. So the thought of watching a Christmas show, you know, the Christmas program or a church beyond that date, even after Christmas day, if, it, if there's a Christmas day service and it's the 26th, don't want to see it. But it's because in my mind, things have changed. So I think you are right. I think that definitely for Christmas in the moment for me stacks up. I'm not going to want to go back and watch a last year's one. Although um, my church did that. We put up our previous Christmas kind of spectacular things you know the you know we had we were at the the local leisure center which is better than it sounds it was the biggest venue in, in Gloucester that's indoors uh not anymore they uh they they actually put a uh a uh, kids play area in there instead so we can't use it anymore uh but we used to do them there and so what we did was we uh, our church uploaded them and so so you could re-watch them and loads of people just went and re-watched them because they they really enjoyed them So I think, but that was all in the lead up to Christmas. It was all part of the kind of helping you feel more Christmassy. It wasn't, you're going to go and watch that back. I think that these do have a time moment. However, Easter for me doesn't have that quite that same feeling. Um, I, I get it that sometimes you think, okay, if it's Easter Sunday, once Easter Sunday is gone, am I really going to want to see it? But I think it, for me, it doesn't quite have that same, you don't have that kind of real, you're not in that Easter bubble, like you're in a Christmas bubble. And once that's finished, you just want to get back on with normal life. It's a bit more integrated with the time. So I, I wonder whether with Easter, people are more likely to want to they may be okay to watch it during the week or a bit later or a couple of weeks later or or something like that. Um, But I definitely get that for, for Christmas. I think it's gotta be in the moment for Christmas.
1: Yeah, cause, and, and, and I think this is like, you know, in, in assessing the facts and about, you know, we we just, although other people and say, you know, we're not going to comment on like politics and, you know, government behaviour and how they're addressing this, because there's that sense of they leave things quite late and they make decisions, but they're rolling them out on on a reasonably different scale. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, our our church isn't doing something on a national level, although churches altogether are. So, you know, they, they can come up with something on a Sunday briefing and roll it out by Wednesday. I think there's an urgency here that churches just need to decide sooner rather than later, one way or the other, on today's information. No, we're going to commit to doing our Easter service this way so that we can make it the best it can be rather than leaving it late and then doing what could per- be perceived as a better option but worse
0: yeah yeah that's right and i think so at the moment churches are still you can still run in-person services they so whether you should or not is i think a decision that a, a church needs to make individually based upon who they're called to reach you know all those kind of those kind of factors i think come into it but they are allowed to be open so I think in that sense there the options are available and I think mm. that that does help in, in that sense um yeah I think what we're getting into is probably now investigating the options available which is which is the second part of that kind of anal- analysis part of when something is more complicated so if we've assessed the facts what are the guidelines you know e- even if we can open should we they're the kind of questions that are kind of assessing the facts the second one is getting into let's have a look at the options available and so when it comes to easter you you know because of those facts you've got in-person services online services a hybrid service um or there's other options as well um what are are there other
1: options that we need to be thinking about um i so the, the bit for me And why Easter is often a key one. So like Christmas feeds into New Year and we often launch the, you know, New Year programming and teaching series off the back of Christmas. Yeah. Easter is one of the few where I believe totally that you can build up to it with programming as well as announce what you're going to do after. Yeah. So I think that there's you know because you know we we we'll approach things like pancake day which are kind of you know this nationally celebrated thing as well um but actually the that it starts actually people thinking a certain way towards something so i I'd, I'd be keen you know and we will have uh mothering sunday come up in that in that time as well that there's uh there's there's an opportunity to think about br- Putting that in there now, you've only got to look at the number of churches who are running online Alpha right now. Mm-hmm. That actually moving towards Easter is 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 quite is is one of those other critical moments, a key a keystone moment, as it were. Yeah. So, I think it being very uh, deliberate about the programming leading up to the Good Friday and Easter Sunday services, as well as the ability to announce and. Build on that for what comes after.
0: Yeah, I think because of the the short time between Christmas and Easter, and you're right. I think a lot of churches do that kind of New Year series or Sunday. They'll do that kind of, um, yeah, you know, it's that kind of what's your word going to be for the New Year or that kind of thing. Our church does does that thing, and then you've actually got a very short window. And if you're you're right, there are churches that are running online alpha and that bridge from there to Easter is very short and it's worth kind of thinking about when you're investigating the options. Think of of Christmas, New Year and Easter. They're all in the same arc of uh, very, very much evangelistic. You know, Christmas is very evangelistic. New Year is very evangelistic. Easter is very evangelistic. So you've got three very evangelistic areas and you've got one bridging bit in between for my church it's three we've got a three week we have a three week series that's in between that and our easter series so we'll start easter a bit before and so you've only got a, a short bridge and it's thinking about how can you bridge that really really well because you're right the whole thing does work together so your options are thinking about okay how can we make the, the lead up really, really good. And how is that taking people on that journey? Because they've gone from Christmas through into something that's new year and thinking about the new year. And then how can you bridge them along? So think about, it's not just what you're going to do on, you know, Good Friday, Easter, Sunday. Think about that, those weeks leading up to it, because that's all, that is all part of it. And I think that that nowadays, and I think even, you know, when we're thinking about Christmas as well and talking about Christmas, the Christmas it's the Christmas season now, it's not just the Christmas service, it's the whole season is the, how you should be planning it, plan it for a whole season, with, with Easter, plan it for a whole season, it's it's the three, four weeks leading up to Easter, with crescendoing at Resurrection Sunday on Easter Sunday, and that's, that's where you want to get to, so take people on that journey, you've, you've still got that opportunity to do that, and I think that then you can think, okay, what do we want to do in terms of you know, online in-person services, community activities as well, and build it all as one thing together.
1: Yeah. And I I think there's more of a, um, we don't do anything now in isolation from anything else we do. We've always got to think of what the link is. So actually we are, this idea now that we shorten some of these planning times and we get used to working in these cycles, these shorter sprints to do things, Mm-hmm. is actually probably where we're at it might be a more natural fit for some as well you know like we always know that christmas is coming and we might put some you know some big rocks in place early in the year as to what we're going to think about and thematic teaching we might know a year in advance but actually mm-hmm. the detail piece is now shorter sprints less time consuming we're doing them with online teams we're using virtual presents to be able to set them up and get them running That. I think we we now need to look better at what those links are between all of those elements that we can create that consistency and take people with us, but also be 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 continually present with those who are engaging with us, um, mm. so that they see that consistency and, and how it how it all how it all links together. But it's you know we are we are at the minute, you know, most of our planning will be happening by people who are time-strapped, homeschooling, online, doing all sorts of things in new ways. That there's actually the plan and preparation is also new, not just the execution. It's not it's not as all sat around the table in a big boardroom doing a meeting with lots of post-it notes, deciding how something will happen online. Our our planning cycles are also different. And the time component of how we can engage volunteers is also very very different i've I, you know i've met people even this week in you know in in, in different places and online meetings and stuff don't underestimate the impact and the stresses that people are under who have got things going on and how they're having to navigate work home For those with kids, schooling, and all of those things, there's there's a there's a greater impact this time round than there would there would be if there was no restriction in place. So we need to be mindful of that. Maybe that's also causing us to do slightly less, but better. Mm -hmm. There's you know the 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 mix of that is that we we get to do that, but yeah, do be mindful that this now we're heading into twelve months of new things that have changed at rapid rates throughout um and coming off a period where this time lockdown meant lockdown because the weather's not as good we're not going out as far it's not bright and sunny we're not even using our gardens the same that actually the impact on individuals and what we can expect from them has changed so be be very mindful of the well-being of everybody that's involved as well at this time
0: yeah i think this is getting on to um formulating a response based on established practice. And and we hit on this in, uh, we talked about Christmas back in September, I think in our podcast. And, it, you know, you can now, now you've worked out, okay, this is what the facts are. You looked at what the options are, are available to you. And now you've got to formulate a response. And you can, the first thing to think about is what's wor- worked well for you in, in the past. And I think it's really important that churches lean into their strong suit and assess, because you may want to do something that's great, but if that's not what your strength is as a church, then it may not be the best option to, to do that. Think about what your strengths are. If your strengths are community-based things, then think about what can you do community-based if it is putting on a big production then lean into that and I think that you need to think about what has worked well for you in the past and what your strong suit is and what your, your skills are.
1: Yeah, I, I, in, in the back of my mind, I'm just wondering sort of like the opportunity for some level of Easter egg hunting, like what does that look like? Because I, I was at a church where we used to do a community Easter egg hunt on a park mm-hmm. and I, it was it was like, I, I'll, I'll say carnival, in practice more like a riot, but <laughs> it was... <laughs> You know, it's like opening up a park to uh, as many people as come as as you know to to hunt eggs. Look, there's if if that it is, but actually, what that was it was being generous towards the community. So, like you say, lean into it. What what will that look like this time round? Because you know whether whether they should or shouldn't, there's still an expectation that if you've done things like that before, that maybe your church is going to repeat that and do something similar again. But actually, it's about leaning into your 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 you know your uniqueness and how you deliver it
0: yeah that's right and I think the next thing to think about is you know every church has a unique uh, mission field and so you've got to think about who you're called to serve and build your program not so you it's you firstly yes build it around what you're good at and then also what does the people the people that you're trying to serve so the people in your community so you're looking at you know what do they believe and want from life what are their interests attitudes opinions what do those people what's going to serve them best and so you formulate it around those and you've got those two tensions because I I completely believe that what you know what you're good at should link into who you're serving so those things should go hand in hand so think about who you're serving and then think about what's your strong suit and that makes this um this brilliant concoction of of a uniqueness based around your strengths and and who they are as well
1: yeah yeah no i'm 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 totally for that i'm totally the, uh, for that the the last thing is of course thinking about
0: why you're doing this of course that's the other thing so you know what's the goal what's the win what are you trying to achieve with your easter service is it that you're going to be going specifically for you know evangelism and you want maybe it's you want to get people to um a point of responding to the gospel or is it that you want to lead them on to a next step but you really need to think about what the win of the the Easter period is that you want because you need to f- you need to help take people on those journeys on that step. So once you worked out what your what the people that you're serving need and what you're good at, then what journey are you taking them on? Where are you leading them to? What's the end goal of all of this? Because it can be really, really easy to get into that point of just going, well, we're good at doing this, and this is what they need, so we'll just do it. But what what are you trying to achieve? And sometimes that doesn't have to be a specific call to action. Uh, There was a, I was, when I I was working with my church uh, for Christmas, and we did a whole thing with the community and we specifically didn't put in any call to action and that was the point the point was this isn't about taking people somewhere it was just about uh just doing an act of kindness. It's not, you know, we don't want a call to action on it. But that in itself is still a defined end. So you still need to have some defined area that you're going for, a goal that you're going to win. It doesn't necessarily have to lead to inviting people to a service or the fact that they have to be, you know, they've got to make a decision for Jesus or something like that. It doesn't have to, but you have to define
1: what that end goal is. No, I'm 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 totally for that. It's like it's absolutely fine to kind of like do that abundant blessing with no expectation of anything in return. Yeah. Yeah. Because that in itself, actually what, what an act right now to just operate out of overflow and just be light to your area and just be the church with no expectation and just listen to the need. I think actually we might be more surprised as to what people come back and talk to us about.
0: Yeah, I I I, li- um, I describe this as the difference between marketing and branding. This is really yeah. technical technical terms, but um, you, you see this in adverts. So when when you're, you're marketing or selling a product, and sales and marketing are different. So you know before you email in, but when you're specific, you know marketing is always looking for a specific call to action. You're looking for that click here, buy now, go to here and you get adverts on tv like that you know buy this product and then you get the other side of it where um and actually it's mostly the really really big companies do this they use like television just for expressing who they are so um you'll get companies like uh Cadbury's other chocolate providers are available um there where they had the guy in the gorilla suits playing the drums, and they're not even saying buy a chocolate bar, they're just putting a, a guy in a gorilla suit playing Phil Collins something in the air tonight. And what it's doing is it's just expressing who they are, what they value, um, what they're yeah. into the world. And I think that churches, if you you know, work that into the church world sometimes it doesn't have if it has a call to action you're trying to get to a defined you know trying to get people to some kind of call to action where there's an action involved but sometimes you want to do things and community things I think are great at just expressing who you are and expressing your values and expressing your beliefs and expressing and just you know showing love to people and that is a form of branding because it's just it's letting people know who you are, and and just that kindness is so it's more branding than it is marketing, and I think both options are really available. But you and and they're really helpful. But you've got to know which way
1: you're going with it. No, absolutely. I, I think that that's that's imp, that's important, and maybe even more so at the moment when there's a there's a lot of people out there who maybe feel, um you know, there's a lot of fear out there. A lot of people feeling a bit uh, changed with how things are happening. So I think that idea that actually, you know, just showing that we're present and that we are available, that brand aspect of things is, is really important, um, as well as knowing then when to market with with things should should people be asking for it but i think that comes with the lead up stuff as opposed to the moment stuff so, you yeah. know the lead up stuff is you know if people are engaged with you on alpha then after however many weeks there's an, there's probably an expectation that there's there's something going to come about go to church um but when it comes to like yeah the Sunday piece a lot of people are just going to be finding something of tradition to anchor themselves to to just give them that moment of respite and rest Let's let's opt to do that, even at our own cost, to let people rest um, in that. I think there's probably more importance in giving that opportunity for people who feel a bit worn out, burnt out in all of the things that are going on, to be there and provide that opportunity um, freely without any expectation from them.
0: Yeah, well, I think this probably is a good place to to finish the pod. I think I think for church leaders, think about. You, you. It is a change. It is a shift. We're, it's, we're no longer in that complex environment, or shouldn't be in that complex environment. About because you've got learnings from Christmas. You've got learnings from from lockdown. This is way more in the complicated sphere now, and that means that you can leverage it for your advantage. You can plan quicker because uh, there's a certain amount of knownness. It may not be easy, but it's known. More and you've already got a, a, a route through. I, I described it on um, on WhatsApp to you yesterday. As it's, it feels to me like the difference between a if you're going through a minefield, you've got to go really slowly through and find this like really odd course. But you found a course yeah that's complex, complicated. Is you found that path? Now you want to make that path quicker. So you you use the path that you've got and you just make it better you go well let's see if we can go across there and that will instead of going round this way we've now found a new path through so let's that's that's slightly quicker but you're you you're learning from the learnings you've already had and i think that that's going to be really helpful think of it as you've already found a path through with christmas now let's make that pathway better with easter
1: yeah that's it methods of improvement and I think there's something in that about, you know, actually, we're always looking for being better, doing better, continuous improvement, that there's actually much there that we can point to. But that's actually ultimately what Jesus calls us to. Yeah. Well,
0: Lee, thank you so much again for your time. Thank you for uh, your wisdom. And I will
1: see you next week. I'll see you next week, too. Thank you so much. All right.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. And don't forget that you can send in your thoughts, comments, uh, discussions for whatever we've talked about. Uh, Just drop us an email, podcast at thinking.church. And we'd love to be able to read it out on the show. Uh, We'll be back with another podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We will see you soon. Bye for now.